iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. The iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. I'm Don Was, and I'm honored to be here today with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. We'll begin our inquiry with Mick Jagger. How are you, man? Hey, good. So your playlists are made up of songs that you were listening to while you were recording Exile on Main Street 40 years ago. That's from 1969 to 1971. When we were talking about doing this chat, uh, I was I thought, well, quite often you do six favorite records, which is, in, in my opinion, impossible. So it was good to narrow it down to sort of three years of the Exile, making of Exile, so to speak, and pick out. Even that's difficult. It would have been easy if we'd have just done one year. But... Um, the, the thing is that you pick your favourites, but then I think to give the real flavour, you've got to have the you've got to have the sort of Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg. If you really want, to, but I'm not going to put it that in. But that was like a massive record, you know, that represents part of the soundscape of that time or of that period. Uh, a popular music, it may not have been your favourite record, but you sort of, if you were out and about, you couldn't have. Aff- Failed to heard it, seen it on telly or something, you know. Well, let's take a look at your list. Uh, you you begin with "Talking Loud and Saying Nothing" by James Brown. This is like an amazing period for James Brown. I mean, this he made the most incredible records. This 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 particular song has got is from the this album called Funk Power. I think it's called. I mean, obviously they've all been re-released and it's all difficult. But Funk Power, uh, 1970. I think he had some argument with his band, you know, the Maceo and all those guys that, that had formed part of his band for so long. He had a big argument with them, I, I don't know what about. And then he got a whole load of new guys. So he's got, so on Funk Power, you've got Bootsy Collins and Catfish Collins playing the guitar and Robert McCulloch playing sax, yeah? And so on this album, you've got Sex Machine, Super Bad. And and um, then you got give it up or turn it loose, and then you got like get up, get into it, get involved. <laughs> and you've got a, I'd love you if you, we can play this one. There's a little commercial on it called the fight against drug abuse, which is a, which is which to this really cool back you know groove at the back. It's a, and it's like a public service announcement about, you know, not to abuse drugs. Can you get that on the iTunes store? <laughs> yeah, you can download that. I think everyone should. <laughs> so anyway, the, and they're all, the, the, some of them like, are incredibly long. I mean, talking loud and saying nothing is 14 minutes long. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to play all the 14 minutes on the podcast. You know, But anyway, it's available. <laughs> but it's fantastic, you know, and it really builds and everything. It's a really, it's an amazing band. So I thought that, you know, very much... A favorite. by the OJs. Slightly different kind of soul. Really, I think, when you play this now, it really holds up. You know, the, and the lyrics are just great. And then it's Gamble and Huff, and it's got great orchestrations, and it's like a kind of slightly updated Motown, in a way, in the best way, in the best possible way, with uh, great lyrics. There seems to be quite a lot of songs about this kind of 
lyric style. There was another tune around this time called Smiling Faces, which is referenced in this song. Yeah. The guy, one, of the, one of the vocalists says, in, just as an aside, Smiling Faces sometimes is a kind of like, how do you say, homage. <laughs> you know? So, uh, no, I think it's a great, a great record. They made some other great records. Uh, uh, Stones used to perform Love Train live. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember which two it was. But I used to come out after, after Keith's been singing and come out with a sort of pimp hat and outfit on and do Love Train. And it, but that was really good fun, and the band played a really great version of that, which never really came out on any album, I don't think. What they do. got a few Chicago-based artists on your list. Curtis Mayfield, moving on up. Curtis Mayfield. I mean, this is a really good period for Curtis Mayfield, too. So this is a period of, like, um, you know, soul music was very much... Uh, had a social conscience, you know, at this time. So you got, like, stuff for, like... Curtis Mayfield was in the forefront of this social consciousness, you know, ecology... Be Proud, you know, so you've got like Marvin Gaye, which we'll come to later, you've got Curtis, you've got James Brown and Black and I'm Proud, plus lots of others, you know, all this get involved business, you know what I mean? You know, it's your, t you know, get educated, don't do drugs, uh, you know, it's social consciousness, you know, respect yourself, all this. So we're, we're coming to, so this is a big pit, hot pants, I mean, <laughs> have I mentioned them all? No. Do the popcorn. <laughs> so now you've got to have some light relief. But um, there was a point where it did sort of bang on a bit, you know, got, you know how this kind of gets a bit worthiness, can get on your nerves. But, but, it, but it was really a good um, moment, I think. So um, Curtis Mayfield was definitely in there, very subtle, some of, some of his lyrics, plus his vocalising, very subtle, you know, beautiful. The Shy Lights. Keith used to play to death that slow. Have you seen her? Actually, the Rolling Stones cut a version of Troubles Are Coming. I don't know what ever happened to it. Maybe it'll come out in one of these re-releases that they do so often now, like the Exile. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but we did cut a version of it because this is the one of the few fast tunes that they did. They were mostly sort of ballad specialists, weren't they? Shy Lights, of course, famous for providing the horn lick for Crazy in Love Aha. on their other fast song which is the name of which eludes me but what's so weird is that they only play that lick the horn famous horn lick once and they just threw it away and Jay-Z kind of goes yeah this is really good I'm going to use this so, and 
But it's a surprising... I think that might have been a hit, that record, because people claim they knew it, but I must say I didn't, and I listened to a lot of the Shylights. Um, anyways, but I think this is a really good record. conscious song everyday people by sly stone everyday people perhaps not the funkiest groove that they ever did i mean but this is really a good one you know it's a great song i think socially conscious all kinds of different color people it's all very well it's not only different color people yellow red black and white living together is fine but also if you're fat it's okay i think that's included (laughs) (laughs) it's good though you know uh fat and thin it's like can speak to each other see it's applicable to our times today but i mean they, they were very forward looking it was a very modern thing wasn't it this this is this is like a another kind of soul music completely in, in my opinion did you hang out with sly at all yeah there was some somewhat confused in my mind as to what we did <laughs> I remember he was living at Doris Day's house at the time, next door to Doris Day. something from my hometown of Detroit, Michigan. Marvin Gaye's Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology. You know, we're back on the message thing again, you know, we're, we're, we're on the kind of ecology, which was like the, 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 the beginning of the kind of green movement, if you want. The ecology movement, which was, you know, something to... It's quite early. This is early. This is 1970, I think. So it's quite early on, you know, a lot of people were not really aware of all that. Um, and doing it to this very kind of subtle light beat, the beginning of this with the congas again, you know, and like the perfect and the perfect um, double tracking, you know, with the with his, the regular voice and the falsetto voice that he does on this album, you know, it's, it's absolutely spot on. And if I did that with, with recording with you, you'd say it was too tight. You know, could I do? It? <laughs> It doesn't really sound right, you know, being that tight. It sounds like a machine. You've got to do it. We can always delay that a second. So, you know, this is a brilliant album. Oh, things and what they to be. What about this overcrowded land? How much more be you from me? Can't you stand a departure from the socio-political soundscape Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix this was a great record there was two there was two versions of this one there there's the kind of this is the one that they call Slight Return which is the short version and then there's the sort of there's a slow version isn't there and this is the short one that everyone sort of knows 
that he used to play live like this, I think. He used to come and visit us in the studio occasionally. You know, Olympic, it was very kind of, well, there were more than one room, people recording in another room, they just say, come by and all that. What was he like? Um, he was really a nice bloke. I mean, that's a very English thing to say. I well, was a really nice bloke, that Jimi Hendrix. Uh, <laughs> He used to live next door. That's what he'll say about terrorists. Oh, it's just a normal bloke. <laughs> he, lived, he lived next door to me. Lovely children. Um, no, he was, no, it was very nice. I mean, everyone was a bit stoned during this time as well. So it, it was, but he seemed, when I met him, he was like, seemed to be very together. And he'd done this long apprenticeship, uh, you know, in all these various blues soul bands, didn't he? And, um, you know, had this big connection with England. You know, I, I saw him when he first came to England. Chaz Chandler was taking him and showcasing him, you know, in different clubs. And I saw him in this club called The Revolution. And um, it was empty, to be honest. I mean, because it was just a showcase. and Nobody knew anything about Jimi Hendrix. And, but it was quite obviously amazing player and something. His vocal style has got this that no one else agrees with me, but it's got a sort of ring of John Lee Hooker about it to me somewhat. You know, it, you can hear John Lee Hooker in him sometimes. I don't know every track, but occasionally I get this thing, it's like, it sounds like, you know, because Jimi Hendrix was a brilliant guitar player and he was a very good singer, but he wasn't like the best soul singer in the world, you know? And you could say that about John Lee Hooker, you know, he's a great stylist. But they kind of use with what they got, a bit like me, really. You have to use what you've got, you know? Zeppelin's rock and roll is an interesting choice. Well, it's different and it isn't different because the Led Zeppelin, there was a big, you know, they were the big happening new-ish band at the time. The Jimmy Page was a famous session guitarist that I'd worked with in the early 60s um, in the studio as well as, uh, as um, John Paul Jones as well. I, you know, if you did a session, you wanted the best people. They were the two people you called. So I knew them, you know, I don't know where... Percy, as we call him, the vocalist comes from. I mean, I don't know his background. But, you know, they really were a different kind of band. I mean, I'd, they're very heavy, aren't they, you know? I mean, but they've got all the thing of it. But also, the thing about them is, of course, that they are amazingly blues-based. You know, so they're not just, like, rock sort of thumping away. They, they got, you know, a real background knowledge. You know, Jimmy's an amazing guitar player. Percy's got this weird high voice, which is like, so he's got another kind of thing going. So, and they've got this amazing drummer thundering away, you know. Yeah, so this track, the rock and roll track, I mean, I have a fondness for it because it's got a sort of connection because it's recorded on the Rolling Stones mobile, as was a lot of Exile and Main Street. And, and it's recorded, in, was recorded in my house in the country. And our former piano player, road manager, Ian Stewart's playing on this track, so he's like two thirds of the way through the end, they're very loud. So, yeah, it's a pretty, this is really a blues, isn't it, this record? 
It's a blues with sort of slightly odd holds, you know. Uh, let's play some of that. Thank you, Mick. We'll be right back with Keith Richards and his celebrity playlist. iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. I'm Don Was here with Keith Richards. Hey, Don. Uh, we're talking about songs you were listening to during the making of Exile on Main Street 40 years ago. I know that Graham Parsons was hanging around during the sessions. Yeah, he was there, uh, and he'd been living uh, in, in England basically with me for like the year before. So, uh, and uh, we'd been hanging around and uh, he'd been showing me uh, the intricate differences between uh, Bakersfield and Nashville. <laughs> and we were working a lot together. We were singing a lot together. So, I mean, uh, he was teaching me a lot of country songs I didn't know uh, and uh, showing me the, like, just the basics of uh, how it's done then, you know. I mean, I, know, I knew my country music, but I didn't know as much as he did and uh, so we and we just started having fun working together we did a lot of Everly Brothers stuff together and uh, uh, because we loved um, Felice and Boudelot Bryant songs you know there's uh, great songs that they wrote for the Everly's uh, Dream uh, everything you know all I have to do is dream let's play that one Dream He's a favorite of yours, right? Yeah, very much. Although I had heard him uh, before I met Graham, it was Graham that sort of uh, actually sort of said he listened deeper, you know. So, uh, uh, and I did, yeah. Uh, I loved his sound and the sound of his band too. And actually, he was Bakersfield. That was what Graham was trying to tell me, was the difference between uh, the Nashville sound and the Bakersfield sound, which is... Uh, you know, it's quite different. Aurora and uh, basically just, uh, you know, five-piece bands, whereas Nashville, they have, you know, the Anita Kerr singers and stuff all over them, you know, yeah. So what's your favorite Merle song? Um, Sing Me Back Home, I think. Leonard the Warden led the doom. <laughs> Won't you sing me back home With a song I used to hear Make my old memories come alive Take me away And turn back the years Did you listen to much Hank Williams? Hank Williams, uh, I... I I mean, he's probably the first country person I ever heard because he was about the only one you heard in England when I was growing up. You know, your cheating heart and lovesick blues. I kind of knew them when they were brand new. <laughs> but to me, uh, at least from my generation, I mean, Hank, uh, Hank Williams was, 
he formulated country music kind of as we know it now. And also that I loved about him is another one of those guys that wrote his own songs. What's your favorite Hank song? Um, you Win Again, I think. You have no shame You take true love And give the blame I guess that I Should not complain talking a little earlier about Graham Parsons. He was around for the recording of Exile, but I, I haven't heard him on any of the tapes. And it's possible that there's a handcraft or a tambourine maybe somewhere. But uh, no, he deliberately didn't want to uh, become you know, involved in it or stuck in it. And uh, I think also he didn't want any way to, to come be between uh, Mick and myself while we were doing it. He was very, dis he's very discreet that way, you know. What's your favorite song of his? Oh, um, I, it's a thousand dollar wedding. Just think it's a beautifully written piece and, uh, and it sort of brings out the, the Parsons I, I know, you know. Half devil and half melancholic devil, you know. <laughs> I hate to tell you. says that uh, you guys were starting to listen to a lot of reggae in that period. Yeah, it's true. That was a, yeah, very, very early reggae and, uh, and rock steady. I think Abyssinians uh, and uh, Desmond Decker, I remember. Yeah, the Israelites is sort of around that period, yeah. Yeah, so Mick and I were getting listening to a lot of that at the time, yeah. He recorded an amazing album of Rastafarian music with a group called the Wingless Angels a few years back, and it features the late great Justin Hines on vocals. Tell me about him. Oh, Justin, yeah, they're just gone. Um, I met Justin uh, in Jamaica when I met uh, the rest of uh, the Rastafarians that I know from Steertown, who are also known as the Wingless Angels. And... Uh, and Justin would come along and, uh, you know, because we'd have the drums out and we'd be chanting. And it, it actually took me about three or four years to realize that that was Justin Hines, because I knew, I knew of Justin Hines, you know, from his records. But I didn't know that he was also a full-blown raster and lived around the corner, you know, because I thought they were all just uh, local you know, village boys, you know. They weren't, they weren't pros or anything. It was just what they did, which is what I loved about the, their music. And... Uh, it took me ages to find out that Justin was uh, was that beautiful voice in the background. <laughs> One of his biggest records is on your playlist. Carry go, bring come. <laughs> Play that. It's better to seek a home, no. I 
knew you were blasting a lot of Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> at the sessions in France. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the other thing I was listening to was a lot of Jerry Lee Lewis, but um, uh, not just the the uh, Sun stuff. I was also listening to. Uh, uh, a lot of that country stuff that he'd suddenly come out with, like what made Milwaukee famous, and, and around that time, I was listening to a lot of that his country stuff as well. But yeah, the, I, I always played a lot of Jerry Lee Lewis, still do. <laughs> uh, there's just something primeval about him, uh, and energy, I guess is the best word. Just the incredible energy and, and, and a hell of a left hand on that piano and, and a great voice. I've always really considered Jerry to be a really good singer. They play one more Jerry Lee song. Somebody will buy another round. And wherever drinks are free, what's made Milwaukee famous? Sure made a fool out of me. Keith, thanks for doing this today, man. All right, Don. Good to talk to you, man. I'm Don Was. You've been listening to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards' iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. Dig you later. iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast.